0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Tea with Crema. My name is Chris, I'll be your host today, and I'm joined by my best friend, Emma!
1: Hello, everyone!
0: Today is our first official book club episode. As in, we picked a book, we read the book, and now we're actually discussing the book. Because last time, we picked the book, we read the book... And then that was it. We just never really talked about it after that. So we're going all the way this time. But before we begin with our book club episode, Emma, what are you drinking today?
1: I am drinking a black tea from Ahmad Tea. It's a passion and oh, peach and passion fruit. And it's supposed to have like little bits of fruit in it. But I don't know if the bits of fruit are in my tea bag or if it's supposed I don't know how it works. It's really quite delightful, though. I think this would make a really good uh, iced tea. What are you drinking today?
0: Wait, does it say it has bits of fruit? Or, like, can you see them?
1: No, it said it has Oh, had I guess it's
0: in a tea bag. But it's
1: in a tea bag, so that's why I'm confused how I would get bits of fruit. That's how it was advertised on the...
0: Because the bits of fruit are just in the tea bag. You just oh. can't eat
1: them. Oh. Well, I'm disappointed.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm not saying that, like, you know, on loose leaf teas, there's been some times where, like, I've ate the fruit that are in the tea. Because oh. it's, it's fruit. Like, it's just been dehydrated, so... yeah. It's really good otherwise, but I'm glad that you enjoyed it. (laughs) I love good fruit tea.
1: Yeah, it's really (laughs) yummy. What are you drinking? Oh my gosh.
0: Today I have an organic jasmine green tea Mm. from Ol. Oh my goodness. Okay, it's O L L T Co. Ol? So I don't know if like. No, it's not like a word. It's like all the letters. Oh. So I was gonna try to like say. The word, but then I was like, wait a second. Based on, like, the way it's printed on the label, I don't think this is a word. I think this is letters. Oh. so like O-L-L-T-Co, you know? Got it. But it is from Fuji province. Oh, wait, no. It's confusing because it's China scented from Fuji province. So, like, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot. But, okay, so it's Chinese green tea infused with night-blooming jasmine which, I guess, technically, maybe there's a Fuji province in, in China. China? I
1: was about to say, I think there's a Fuji province in China. I don't think it's necessarily, like, Mount Fuji in Japan.
0: See, because that's what I was thinking. Like, when you think Fuji, but then it was talking about China. So, in but any it said, case, it, it...
1: Yeah. I was like, it said province. A,
0: a, and province is,
1: like, with China. If it said prefecture, mm-hmm. that would have been more... Japan. Yeah.
0: Nope. It said province. So, yes. It's from... It's a T from China. and it is very much a green tea with jasmine <laughs> i i i can't really say that it's doing anything that's like bah, you know so it's a green tea with jasmine overall it's cool i don't know if it needs to come from china or if i could just like get the local supermarket version the hv brand but, you know overall it's cool it's cool it's cool but that's what I'm drinking today. So, Emma, tell us a little bit more. What are we, what book did we choose? How did this happen? What's going on today?
1: So, this happened last March in a March Madness style. I think it actually happened during March Madness that we decided to read a book. We, you picked, uh, I think we picked like 10 books each, and then we had them go against each other head to head. And it was actually down to Felix Ever After versus, oh man, I, I don't remember who the other book was. I actually can't remember either, but it was one of my books. But it was getting to the point that your books were getting knocked out really early. And you were like, man, F all your friends. <laughs> 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 and, and then at the end, Felix Ever After did end up winning. Um, and so today we are going to be discussing Felix Ever After by Casey and Calendar. Brief overview of the book. Uh, Felix is a junior in high school or maybe going he's like a rising senior in high school and so this takes place Mm -hmm. in the summer before his summer uh, senior year and so like the whole point of the book is like felix has never been in love and he understands that and his name is felix love and so he understands you know like oh felix love has never been in love you know whatever anyway in the first couple chapters felix gets dead named and pictures from before felix transitioned becomes public at his school. And so that kind of sets off this like, chain of events where Felix is trying to figure out who did that. And he thinks that it's his arch nemesis. And then it's just a story about love and friendships. And, you know, navigating all of that as a young person in high school. Did I miss anything?
0: I mean, no, I think that's like the that's the big conflict of the book. And then Without giving away any of the real details, because yeah, it happens any of the spoilers. Like, in the first like two chapters. yeah. Well, no,
1: that's what it says in the back. When an anonymous student begins sending him transphobic messages after publicly posting Felix's dead name alongside images of him before he transitioned, Felix comes up with a plan for revenge. So that's basically like the whole plot of the book, is Felix trying to figure out who has done this very hurtful thing, and, you know, thinking it's somebody, and then starting to, like, build relationships and all that good stuff um so Kaysen mm-hmm. Calendar is the author of Felix Ever After and Kaysen Calendar is originally from St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands Cason has a BA from Sarah-, Sarah Lawrence College and an MFA from the New Schools Writing for Children program they are also the author of the young adult novel This Is the Kind. This is kind of an epic love story and the middle grade novels King and the Dragonflies, a National Book Award winner, and Hurricane Child, winner of the Stonewall Book Award and Lambda Literary Award. And Felix Ever After is also a best-selling novel. So, we thought that it was very important to plug both of those things. So, getting into it, today's episode is going to be kind of like discussion of The book and the different parts of the book that we liked, as well as kind of like our recommendations towards the end. And then we will also discuss what book we are reading next. So if you would like to join in with us and then in next year's episode, (laughs) one year from now, (laughs) just kidding. Hopefully it doesn't take that long. We will be discussing that second book. So starting off strong, Christopher, what was your favorite part or scene in the novel?
0: Did we already do the spoiler alert? Because Ah, we're just going to be talking about the book.
1: Let me start that now. Yeah. If you have not read the book and you would like to read the book, stop listening now because there will be spoilers. This book has been out since 2019, I want to say. How long has this book been out? Oh, since 2020. So it's about two years old now. So if you haven't read it, go read it. But we're about to spoil some things. Sir, stop listening if you want to read it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because I think now that I'm thinking about it, I have the hardback cover because I want to say I bought it like hot off the press. Like Mm -hmm. I I got it like as soon as it was coming out. So that kind of makes sense now that I think about it. I don't even think when we did the vote it had been released yet. But still, we are going to talk about it. So.
1: Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. Can I just like plug in there? It's the National Book Award winner on top of being best selling. I just... Saw that at the top. I also have the soft cover. Does yours say it on the hardcover?
0: No, I have the Stonewall and Lambda award winner, which I think is a a more queer centric Uh, award. That's
1: awesome. Okay, very cool. Okay, sorry. Jumping into it. Favorite part or scene in the novel?
0: As cliche as it is, nothing beats that ending.
1: Oh. Okay, tell the people more about it.
0: You can't beat that ending. Like it's, and I mean, it's, it's as cliche of an ending as you get. It's just like- they had just gone through this fight and like any rom-com movie, film, TV show, like they realized that they actually did really have feelings for each other and just didn't know how to go about, you know, feeling those feelings and there's a major event and there's lots of people and they make a big show out of it oh. and then they all end happily ever after. Like you can't. I used to think that they were all dumb, but I'm telling you, like, that representation, just, like, seeing it in people that you kind of relate to, it just, it hits different. So that ending, now I get it. It's top tier. Like, that rom-com ending, now I get why it's the ending of almost every rom-com ever. It just, I get it now.
1: Okay, just to spoil it, because you're saying, like, big event. So Felix realizes that he's in love with his best friend, Ezra, and at Pride... In the biggest show of love.
0: And not just any pride, this is New York City. Oh uh, like, yes. The pride.
1: Is that the one that kicks it off?
0: I'm not sure if it kicks it off so much as like, I mean, there's a few national prides that are essentially like they they are events. Mm-hmm. And New York City is definitely one of the cities where like it's it's an event. For sure.
1: Yeah. And so then Felix like shouts his love for Ezra at the top of his lungs, but it's pride and it's so loud and there's so many people and you're just like, oh my gosh, is he going to miss him? Is he going to miss him? Like, is he not going to see him? And
0: I think everyone on his side, like starts shouting with it. Like, it's, it does all of the things. That a rom-com should do. The
1: biggest show of solidarity, right? Everyone's like, oh, young love, you know? You just, like, you can't beat that. The
0: people on the float are, like, trying to make it work. Like, it's a whole production. Like, yes. I used, I truly was like, man, what a cliche ending. But, like, I don't know. Something about it, it happened in the book. And I was like, I am 1,000% here for this. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, mm-hmm, I could do it
1: oh man that was not my favorite i mean that was that's like top now after you said it i was like wow mine feels really dumb compared to
0: that My,
1: my favorite part is when you're seeing that growth in felix after him and ezra have that big falling out and he kind of starts to realize like oh this is like what i want to show in my portfolio these are the things like because up until that point I I feel like I resonated with Felix and him being a procrastinator. (laughs) Like, it's going to come. Like, it's going to (laughs) happen. One day I'm going to have the things to do my portfolio. But then you start seeing that growth of, like, him trying to figure out what exactly he wants. Like, is he going to Brown because he wants to go to Brown? Or is it because, you know, it's this prestigious institution? And so he starts to have this like really turning point after that big fight with Ezra and so I think that that was my favorite part was just seeing him grow as both like an artist and a student and trying to figure out exactly what was going to come next
0: that was my second scene like specifically when they're talking about him like really going in on that painting Mm. the first time like his very first portfolio painting yeah something about like that you kind of, like, I don't know, I just, like, felt that character development in that yeah. moment of being able to, you know, it's one thing to have these relationships with people and to be really affectionate and vulnerable, but then to also be able to feel confident to stand on your own.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: To have those things, but to be your own person and to know what is important to you. So, like, that first portrait painting scene, man, that was my, like, second favorite for mm. sure. hmm
1: Okay favorite character relationship
0: or friendship go Ezra I Ezra is my favorite character easy same hands down.
1: same it's just like very supportive is just very loyal just wants the best for Felix you know just wants the best for his best friend is you know kind of going through his own things at the same time but just like also equally just wants to love you know and just wants to be in love and is just waiting for Felix to open up his eyes and realize that he's there. <laughs> Why did you love Ezra?
0: I think having a Black love interest, it's not always a very common experience in a lot of different media and portrayals. And so to see it happen and to have it feel authentic and to have it also not be Ezra's defining characteristic. Mm. Like it wasn't like the author like beat you on the head with the fact that like Ezra was gay and Ezra or and Ezra' was black and Ezra's gay and like all of these things it it was a part of his character, it was not him as a character, yes, so the fact that you can describe all of these other things, and honestly, I feel like those really come to mind before everything else. It just stood out to me at the fact that he was black because. There were just all of these other facets of his identity and I, you know, I'm just here for a strongly developed black character who doesn't just fall into being the black character or the gay character or they fit a niche or stereotype. So that was my, that was my reasoning. Like Ezra was legit, well-developed, honestly, probably more of a favorite than Felix, but it was also more because we read... Yeah, we were reading Felix's thoughts and so we knew him a little bit better. So I could be like, oh my, I could roll my eyes at Felix a little bit more. Yes. But I, Ezra, Ezra was my favorite for sure. Like that.
1: And I think that, I think that like Case and Calendar did such a really, like did such a good job of developing these characters outside of their, you know, not outside of their identities, but like that is one part of their identity, but it wasn't like they're like oh, did I mention that they're gay? Oh, did I mention that they're trans? Like, oh, did I, you know, it's like not beat over their head. It's very intentional that it's like, it introduces once their identities and then they moves on, which I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of novels with, um, you know, QTPOC characters often like, and when it's not, I think when it's not written by QTPOC folks becomes a point where it's like, oh, by the way, they're a lesbian. Oh, by the way, they're, you know, they are this and the, and so when you pointed that out, that was a very good point.
0: In that moment, I just I know that you put QT and POC together, but there are moments where they don't go together.
1: Oh yes, also I've
0: I've definitely seen like moments where like black people will write gay characters who are very like aggressively stereotypically gay, or mm. where there are more queer focused shows that will write stereotypically black. Or other minority character tropes in their shows. Oh
1: yes, 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 yes. And
0: so I just for that bit of clarification, just because those identities are not the same, and they're not
1: like they're not always. Yes, I agree. I'm not gonna
0: sit up here and like try to conflate them because then people feel too comfortable having them conflated, so...
1: No, you're right. Just because you're
0: one or the other doesn't mean you're good at writing about Mm. minority experiences, Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Small note, but I wanted to make sure that that was said.
1: Good point, good point. Next question. So again, oh, I forgot to mention that we were adapting a lot of these questions from the Rich in Color group discussion and Read the Rainbow group discussion. So both of these websites had also read the novel as, I think, as soon as it came out and had brought it up as their like book club nominations and then had uh, discussions about them. So I adopted a lot of these questions um from them. So the next question is, did you relate to Felix's questioning of his gender and sexuality throughout the book or were your experiences different? Uh I think I should go first. <laughs> In the fact that I am very much so a heterosexual cisgender woman and so yeah my experiences were very different you know I never had to have this feeling of that Felix has like is is very much so still questioning his identity and has this part where he's you know wondering if transitioning was the wrong was the wrong choice and so that was like a very I'm not you know again I'm not going to speak to that experience but has a very different experience than I did with my sexuality. So I thought that that was very interesting. Again, trying to build up my repertoire in reading, you know, queer represented novels, especially YA novels too. So throwing the question back to you, Chris, same, different,
0: meh. I think I went through... Some things that are similar and some things are, that are different. I, um, I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm gonna say obviously because, you know, we are, I grew up at a time where like heteronormative was like the norm for a reason. Like uh-huh. it, it is what you saw in all of the media, all of it. So like all the Disney movies and shows and Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, all the movies that you could watch, all of, like they were man, woman, romantic relationships romantic mm-hmm. partnerships so for me yes i definitely had to like question why my existence my feelings were not 100 percent aligned to what i was seeing around me i i think things are a little they're a little different this was one of the first books that i've read where i was like oh i'm old because <laughs> like the conversations that they were having with each other in high school were not anywhere close to what we were talking about in high school like not even like the the idea of like a gender identity was not on our radar in high school at all and so we were barely 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 talking about sexuality and so i think it was similar it was you know it's different like the times have changed the conversations are different the the amount of representation that people can find are different and so yes i question a lot of things i would not say that i've even 100% found an answer mm. i have enough of an answer when people ask i have something to give confidently but i think in the same way that like we ended the book and felix had didn't necessarily have an answer there was no i am this yeah i i think that's an experience similar to like my own experiences I have an answer that I can give other people very confidently, but that doesn't mean that I have ever really truly stopped wondering or questioning myself. Mm. Mm.
1: And like you as like, you know, you would say like more or less you're 10 years older than Felix. And like, if you could talk to Felix would be like, maybe sometimes you just like, don't ever get an answer. Maybe it's always evolving. Um, I think that it is very interesting because, you know, I do teach high schoolers. I teach high school freshmen at an, Like all girl Catholic school, like even, and they're starting to be the ones to question and be like, why does it have to say like all girl when not all of us identify as girl? Or like, why does it have to be this? And so, you know, in the beginning of the year, as I was getting to know them, I was very clear, like, you know, I identify as like a cishet woman. And if you do not, that's okay. Like, and if you want to share it, that's cool too. And so a lot of them started to, to, be comfortable, and they were like, "I'm actually like still not really sure. I, you know, like I, I don't know." And I'm like, "Cool." And that's, you know, it, it. Like we're trying to normalize those conversations in classes, and so it is interesting though being in a Catholic school and knowing how the Catholic stance on a lot of these um conversations, but the fact that they're willing to push against it is so like it's it's so interesting to me. Social media, and I think that that's one of the big parts too, is because we were in this. We were in this, as we were in high school, like, just barely getting Instagram, right? And so Instagram plays a really big part in the novel. Um, And I think, like, had it been even more, like, relevant, it might have been even Snapchat would have been... A way for them to explore that, but I think it had to be Instagram, just due to the nature of what was happening. Um, so, social media plays a major role in Felix Ever After. It is both deeply harmful and incredibly uplifting at times. What are your thoughts on social media's role in the novel?
0: Well, as a you know, a callback to our own social media episode, mm. uh, these these children children yeah. should not necessarily have access to platforms that will allow a part of themselves to exist forever in a Mm. potentially negative light. That is, that can be really harmful. And I think even seeing what happened to Felix of just, you know, having pictures of yourself that existed at a time where you were very different. Yeah. And then to have those things weaponized against you in a very different context. And I think a lot of people have to consider, I think a lot of people consider having their past weaponized against them in the sense that they thought something differently in the past than they did in the present, mm. and I would say that's something that I've definitely that's how I think about it. That was my default, but to see to see it play out differently, i like that's massive. Mm-hmm. The reality is again, all of the characters in the novel were children, yeah, we were children using social media, and whether we like it or not, that stuff exists forever. Yeah, on the internet, like those records are real, and I don't know. I again, me personally, I'm like mm, children, social media, probably not. Honestly, if we could just like not until we're 25, that'd be great.
1: Even 25 year olds, everyone... low key, <laughs> 25 year olds should not all, <laughs> you know, what everybody at least should be. Like,
0: <laughs> scientifically, we've at least like reached a consensus of like mm, most people have developed brains by 25, like. Yeah. It's just different, but to be 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 mm-hmm. on social media, posting stuff to the internet. That's one way that the stuff becomes so deeply harmful. Like I, I remember me in middle school. I was not always a super nice person to <laughs> other people, to my family, to myself. And so. To know that even a fraction of that exists, even now, I'm just like, oh, man, that sucks. But to, like, see it and read about it in a book where someone can be so aggressively mean and mm. demeaning to another person. Mm-hmm. At that time in your life where, like, I'm not trying to excuse it, but, like, we've all been teenagers. Like, we we know. Like, teenagers. Just, Suck.
1: <laughs> they're not their nice. Their thoughts
0: are not odd. Yeah, they're just not, you know? It just, <laughs> it just is like that. And so...
1: And I think... Man,
0: I just... Oh, social media is... It's so intense.
1: Yeah, and I think that it's just, like, how you bring up that point. Like, yes, that, like, really, really hurt Felix, right? Uh In that same vein of, like, people who do things because they're mean, right? Again, this kid who is bullying Felix is 17 years old now. Let's say that, you know, they're 28, 29 years old, and it comes back up, and you're like, wow, you were transphobic AF, like... But we don't know how much that person has changed since then, you know? Are they reacting in this way because they're, like, they're teenagers who are jealous of that they stole their boyfriend, you know? Or is it because they... I was
0: like, yeah, because, like, literally what happened in this story was not transphobically motivated at its core.
1: Yeah. Like, did it have...
0: was not inherently transphobic. Mm. Was it transphobic in its effects? Yes. Yes. But it was honestly just, like, high school drama playing out.
1: Yeah. And, like... Like you said,
0: it was, like, that... The jealous boyfriend stealing stuff, (laughs) like... And then it just happened to be transphobic, you know what I mean? Like, not to brush it off, but, like... No,
1: exactly, and that's the thing, like, I don't want to brush it off that it wasn't transphobic, but it's also, like, these are 16-year-old kids, like, that were just trying to get back at each other, and, like, they thought that this would be the... They thought that this was, like, an appropriate route for them to take to be, like, oh, I am justified in my actions because you stole my boyfriend, you know? And so... Because even
0: Felix has some, like, real wild thoughts. (laughs) I'm going to get back at him. And I'm like so you don't even know if this is the right person like
1: Felix is really that, like Felix is really out here his thoughts sometimes I was like no Felix no but again that's my adult human my adult human my adult like developed brain and this is his teenage de- you know underdeveloped brain but when he was there was this one point where he's wild and then he's like and I'm gonna take revenge and then I'm gonna post his secrets all over the Instagram and I'm like is that exactly what just happened to you? Like, why would you think that that's justifiable? But again, in a teenage brain, that is justifiable, right? An eye for an eye. You you expose my secrets, I'm going to expose your secrets. The part that was problematic was that he was so set that it was Declan. <laughs> Poor Declan. He was ready. <laughs> Poor Declan was just looking for love. <laughs>
0: He had been hurt, too, you know? <laughs> like,
1: I, like, hurt people, hurt people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> These kids was out here just, like, going after each other. Ugh, Which also nah, makes like, me so
1: grateful that I was not in high school at the at the peak. Not that I think that I would have been bullied, but... Oof, even with the amount that we had with, like, MySpace and Facebook, like, it was still very harmful for kids to have. Okay. Um, any last thoughts on Felix Ever After, other than... Oh, I guess what's your final
0: rating? 10 out of 5 stars. 15 out of 10 stars, like...
1: All of your folks. It was,
0: a, a, it was an easy read. Like, mm-hmm. I finished it, like, pretty straight. Like, it's a young adult novel. You know what I mean? Like, it... The, I the font is a little it big. Was,
1: it's kind of big.
0: <laughs> you know? Like, I, I read it. It was a real easy read. So, like, if you're looking for something that, like, has the themes, hmm. but is not, like, an adult novel... Yeah. This is it. You know, it's a real easy intro... Like, the underlying, like, conflict was still there. The big moments, the rom-com moments, you know, the the revenge and the realizations. And then the, oh, this didn't work out for the right reason. And then, but then this did, like, all of the elements were there, I think. The characters were really Mm well-developed overall. Even that Marisol girl. Oh, my God. Oh, trash.
1: Sorry, Marisol. I know you're 17 years old and these are 17-year-old thoughts. But until you're 28 years old, and I hope that you've changed by now. (laughs)
0: Trash Oof Yeah this This novel Easy Like I I don't anticipate If anyone is like Oh I want to read it I'll send you a copy Like I'm going to keep my copy (laughs) But like I'll send you one Like
1: Yeah It it was was really good And uh, You know what's interesting Is because as I was reading A lot of the reviews A lot of people said Just get through the first chapter Um, Because the first chapter I, I remember when I was reading it The first time I was like Oh my gosh Felix But I had to remember That I was reading a YA novel I think that's that's something very important to uh, acknowledge that it's a it's a YA novel. These characters are young. These characters again, underdeveloped teenage brains. So get yourself in that mindset while you're reading. And it it's such a it's such like a I don't even say it's heartwarming, but it is. It's heartwarming at the end, you know. You're just like, ah, oh, that was a great YA rom com type novel, you know? The it, the main characters going through some internal conflict figures out more or less the internal conflict falls in love. It's great. It's a good one. Five out of five. Oh, I guess fifteen out of five. What was the score? I don't know. Over five out of five. Yeah. It was it was good. Easy read.
0: Whatever <laughs> it was, I went over it. Like it was just it was a good it was a good novel. It's a good book. I've written it.
1: So do you have any books that are on your uh to be read list that are
0: delineated in your representation.
1: So uh, there you go. essentially
0: you. like are there queer novels? Are there trans novels? Are there like people of color novels? Are there black novels? Like what is essentially on your to-be read list? And yes, I have all of those things Let's on, do it. You know, there's there's some intersectionality in yes, it. Like, you know, like I
1: intersectionality.
0: All the things. So, you know, uh as far as like my uh queer black studies, book studies that I'd be going, I have the Black Flamingo by Dean Adda and All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. So definitely like on that intersectionality of like queer and black studies. And then I want to read for, you know, just like general black studies. I want to read Obama's recent book. I want to read Medical Apartheid. I want to read so like just all the books, all the books. But those are my four, like, Those are my four big, like, I gotta read these before the end of 2022. Like, they're on my list. Um, I already have The Black Flamingo. I already have All Boys Aren't Blue. I still gotta get Medical Apartheid. And I still have to find Obama's book that I don't even... Something about dreams, A Promised Land. Um, That's the title.
1: I think I actually have it. Go get it from my house.
0: (laughs) How did you have it? I don't. It wasn't published by the time you left.
1: What? Yeah, didn't it just come out?
0: Yeah, but I... Mm, it's fine you know it's fine I'm gonna read it I'm gonna read it that's the point
1: okay um so on my end with um I'm trying to think of Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo that's an adult novel by Taylor Jenkins Reid it is uh queer and women of color representation mostly like not really though because the women of color are white passing and they are very like comfortable in their white passing but they acknowledge that um then there's The Henna Wars by Adiba Jai And that was a recommendation from my student. Actually, both of those last two books are recommendations from the same student. So, uh, and then They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvers. And I think that that is, it's just been all over book talk, like, uh, queer book talk. So that has been out there. Um, in terms of like POC novels and books, I mean, they're like, I really enjoy Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to look it up. There's just – I I feel like I've been starting to become more – um
0: Well, I got you medical apartheid. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking of, like, what I was trying to say. I'm trying to become more intentional on the – in terms of, like, mm-hmm. what I've been reading, Um, especially reading more women of color and, like, feminist and, you know, theory and things like that. So, like, Adrienne Marie Brown, um, Bell Hooks, Angela Davis, uh – yeah. So I'm current oh okay, so let's go into this next one. What books are you currently reading or have you read recently that you would like to recommend?
0: Well, I recently read Felix Ever After a few months ago, and I would highly recommend that you read mm-hmm. this book. Mm-hmm. Um I also read Sorry I'm late, I didn't wanna come. <laughs> Which, you know, that was a very that was a very me book. Like I I okay. Like it really it really helped me. You know, I needed that book. It's mm-hmm. not like a guide to like how to be more extroverted because I don't think that's what she, Jessica Pan, wrote it as. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't the point. It was just a nice read. You know, Jessica Pan's. Sorry, I'm L- I didn't want to come. That was a great book. I recommend mm-hmm. that, especially if you struggle with being an introvert who wants to do more things out in the world. I am currently trying to read some book called "The Last Painting of Sarah to Something." And I've been trying to read this book since like college. It was given clearly, to me. It was free.
1: Clearly not. I'm interesting. just trying to get
0: through it. You know, <laughs> like this will be my third time trying to read it. I've never made it past chapter two. Oh so no. Maybe this time I'll make it through like chapter three. Maybe I just needed to be more mature in my approach. I'm mature. Um, <laughs> mature. And then I feel I read a lot in 2021, but like I'm not really good at just like random recall. I will uh, say. So okay. like if you were to if you were to like point to books on the shelf or be like, "Oh, have you read this book?" I'd be like, "Ah, yeah, I did read that book. Like, I got you." Um with something. I would say I'm working on it, but like, no, I'm not. I'm not. So
1: maybe on the fly, like not so good, but we'll post which books Chris has read recently and has actually liked. Um so we'll do that. I forgot to mention Tiffany D. D. Jackson, phenomenal writer, um writes stories about issues that are prevalent um in people of color communities specifically black communities one of her books is like about how black children go missing and no one does anything about it like they start to you know mark them as runaways instead of actually doing something about it and then so the two books that i read by her are grown and monday's not coming monday's not coming broke my heart if you want a book that's going to break your heart read that one um i also read recently the Invesi- the invisible life of addie larue one out of five i know that's a hot take it was not good um, <laughs> that's a book that everyone's like, oh my god, life changing. I'm like, oh my god, I'm tired of this white girl complaining the entire time. Like, go do something. Also, you've been around for four centuries and you have not come in contact with one POC. Girl, do better. Um, yes.
0: Not a yes. one?
1: No, there was one and that one got two paragraphs
0: oh my god
1: problematic Mm, uh the next book that i read is tender is the flesh by augustina and sarah moses it was translated from spanish to english i want to read it in spanish the english version was terrifying if you want to never sleep again or never eat meat again that's the book (laughs) and ah seven days in june wonderful five out of five tia williams black love uh, just like growing through time they come back together do they do, do they don't they will they won't they it's a whole it's a whole thing and most- I also
0: read oh sorry no go for I it I read I just remembered this book that like really enraged me in both a good and bad way which one the color of law by Richard uh, Rothstein yeah Rothstein. Yep. Um, so it is a book written by a white man but like as I was reading the book I and he even kind of explained, like, why he was the one writing the book. Because mm-hmm. he was just like, you know, some of y'all be out here like, oh, well, it's a black man or a black woman writing about it. So, like, do we know that this is factual? And he was like, nah, I'm a white guy. Like, <laughs> I did this research. It's real. Like, y'all can't pretend. It's, it, it happened. It's real life. And when I say I had to read the book in pieces because I would, like, read a chapter and just be, like, so angry. Yeah that I'd have to go do something else and then read it later.
1: And that's like, that's, that's on using your white privilege, okay? That is on using that privilege and bringing light to these very real issues, specifically in this case, housing laws that are so racist, inherently racist, were written to be racist, um, and how it still affects so many communities to this day.
0: And this book wasn't even from, like, the start of the country. It was just, like, the last 100 years, and yeah. I was still outraged.
1: Not even the last 100 years. Isn't it, like, from World War II on? From the GI Bill on, I believe.
0: It talks a little bit about before that, but essentially, because there was a lot going on in, like, the 20s that it talks about.
1: Uh yes, 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 yes. Yes, because that's, like, yeah. during the time of, like, Black Wall Street, right? And
0: there was a lot of very intentional, deliberate, development happening in the country that black people were excluded from intentionally. Like, written in law. (laughs) Written in law. Not like we don't want them to be here. No, y'all wrote it down in the law books. Like, you can't pretend like this didn't happen. But anyways, Emma, what was that last book before oh, I'm sorry. I blow before a gasket? You
1: go, before you go off. And then I'm currently reading Silver Sparrow by Tayari Jones. I loved An American Marriage by Tayari Jones, so I'm currently reading Silver Sparrow. It's great. And... I think we kind of gone over like what are on our TBR for this year. We got lots. We got lots to read. Lots of things that we are trying to read and share with y'all because they're so important. Um, I think that's one of our goals. Do you have like a goal this year for how many books you want to read or are you just trying to read as many as you can?
0: I just try to read more. Mm -hmm. I tried the like once a month thing and then some months I'm just not feeling it. Like it just... I'm not going to force it if it's not going to happen, because then I'm not going to read the book. And also, some books are just so much longer to read. It took me so long to read The East of Eden.
1: Also, it's it's died back.
0: (laughs) It was very long. It was random. I didn't understand what was happening sometimes. But I just read more. I will say one goal that I want to be more intentional about is reading more, because I've been really aggressive with you, like reading more like black and queer Literature. So I think I have to do better at like reading more PI literature. So that's something that I want to do better at. I can't just be out here like read this and then not reading anything myself. So we out here,
1: we out here, we're just expanding each other's repertoires. So if you would like to join us in our next book discussion, we will be reading Medical Apartheid by
0: Harriet A. Washington.
1: Yes. And it is a book. I don't even want to say it's a book. It's a nonfiction. Um,
0: so it's definitely a book.
1: No, no, no. I don't know if it's like book or like, oh. <laughs> Um. Uh, I don't know the word I'm trying to say. Anyway, it's nonfiction. It's about basically the medical crimes that have been committed against the black community.
0: From the era of slavery to the present day. So it's American centric.
1: And discusses all of the heinous crimes that have been done in the name of Science
0: on black people
1: on black people specifically
0: specifically
1: okay now that feels kind of weird Awkward, to but, uh, to transition into our I can't I feel like I rapid can't. fire questions perfect <laughs> yeah that, that was about right how I was feeling I was like I can't just like air horn this one this doesn't feel right
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's fine like that's the book that we're reading um so now um, we have questions for each other thanks everybody <laughs>
1: Okay, you go first,
0: all right, cool. well, um, my question is, what is a fact that you learned recently that like Loki everyone has known for a very long time? I have one, okay, please tell me we've we've talked about it before, but I learned like around the time that Guardians of the Galaxy Two came out, or was it, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Two, I learned that Dairy Queen was not a Texas chain. <laughs>
1: You know what, those Texans really do be out here thinking that it's only a Texan chain. You're not the first person to say that.
0: I just want to be clear, like, if y'all go to YouTube right now and look up Dairy Queen Texas commercials, like, there are customized commercials for the state of Texas. So the <laughs> fact that I watched Guardians of the Galaxy, and it took place in, like, Michigan or something, and there was a Dairy Queen, and I was like, why is there a Dairy Queen in Michigan? Like, that's confusing. <laughs> Looked it up, and it was like... What? (laughs) It didn't even start in Texas. Why are y'all's commercials so aggressively like... Texas. Texas. It was... It was offensive.
1: Oh my gosh. Funny story. So one of my really good friends from when I first started teaching, her husband and their family had gone to Florida for a vacation. And there's Dairy Queen in Florida as well. And tell me why. The husband went up and was like, could I get the Texas Double Burger? (laughs) And they looked at him and were like, that doesn't exist. And he's like... (laughs) it does in texas (laughs) so you know that's just like another like people really don't believe i mean texans really don't think that dairy queen exists anywhere else but living in texas it is a very texas centric like it's pushed on you very texas wise um i don't know i there's a lot of things that i don't know that people know (laughs) i'm gonna have to come back to you on that question because i really don't know um, A
0: common I, misconception that you were like, oh that's weird.
1: I don't know what be I don't know what I don't know until it happens.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> that one just really stood out to me in my life.
1: I was like, that was like an oddly specific question. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I'm yeah, I'm gonna have to come back to you because I really can't think of any right now. Um, okay, my rapid fire question is, what was the first book that made you ugly boohoo cry?
0: Uh I have it. It's in my head. Number of the Stars by Lois Lowry. We read it in class like our teacher read it. And we all cried collectively <laughs> as a class. Like, does it, Like, I didn't read it, but like we read it. Yeah. I still have the exact book that she read to us. The like, read aloud. <laughs> we boohoo cried as a collective unit. Like, we sobbed.
1: Wait, what grade were you guys in? Fourth grade?
0: Third grade, Third specifically. Gosh. Her name was Miss uh, Miss Megan Kinback. It was her first year teaching, at least at our school. I want to say it was her first year teaching ever. And that she was our big loud book. boo cry. It wasn't her first year teaching. I remember because she had this, like, mixtape of, like, kids' Bop songs. Not a mixtape. But it was her old class that were singing the songs.
1: Oh, that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, we didn't make a mixtape. But she had a mixtape. And this was our read-aloud book, one of the times, and we all boohoo sobbed. Oh, man. Number of the Stars by Lois Lowry. I don't that know was what, the book. You
1: know, I don't know what these, like, Holocaust books be doing. And also because they're all, like, written towards kids. A lot of these books, you know, like, Anne Frank Diary, uh The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Isn't that like an...
0: Isn't the Diary of Anne Frank like a real book? Like, or like oh yes, real diary? I
1: mean that is her real okay. diary. You know, like, but I—that wasn't, that
0: wasn't written for kids. That, that wasn't was written, written for kids. Kid. It was
1: written by a child for, and then just happened to be marketed towards children. Um, You're right. Like the Boy in the Striped Pajamas, you know, Number of the Stars. My book that I can recall, like boohoo crying and like not being able to, like, I feel like I was in a very, very sad state for a good, like, two weeks. Was the Book Thief. Like that book, and that was also, it took place in Nazi Germany. Um, but I still, I still recommend that book to like when people are like, what's a book I should read? I'm like, The Book Thief, because it made me boohoo ugly cry. It was written by
0: Marcus Zusak? I don't think I read this book.
1: It's from the point of view of death. It's a very, oh. it's a very dark novel. I think I read it in fifth grade? Fifth or sixth grade? No, like, what year did it come out? It came out in 2005, so I read it in sixth grade then. But that book made me ugly cry, and I will stand by it.
0: (laughs) I know why I get confused, because there's a book that I did read called The Thief Lord that Um, I read by Cornelia Funk.
1: No, I didn't read that one.
0: It's a whole different book. Did not make me cry, but I see.
1: Okay, okay, okay. We out here.
0: Yeah, here, ugly crying. Ugly
1: crying through books. So... If you also have a fact that you didn't know that most people knew and you'd like to share it with us, I'm going to think about that because I feel like there's a lot of things I don't know <laughs> that people know and it's just common knowledge.
0: It'll hit you on your way to work one day. Watch. It will. That's how it hit me.
1: It will. It will hit me on my
0: way to work. All right, Emma, where can people find the podcast?
1: You can find our podcast on Twitter and Instagram at the Tea with Crema. Please stay tuned for our upcoming tea content on our Instagram. You can also find us anywhere that you can stream podcasts, Apple podcasts, Spotify, also newly on YouTube. Please subscribe. And if you'd like to buy us a cup of tea, you can also Venmo us at the Tea with Crema. We hope to see you next time. Bye.